hope he got right somewhere along the way. Uh, you, I'd think that a man would write some songs like he wrote. They'd have to have some little insight somewhere along the way. Uh, but uh, I agree with him. Rather be in a deep, dark grave uh, than to be in a house of gold, be lost. What would really be good is have both, amen, be saved and, and have that. <clears throat> what would really be good, God's not against having things. He's just against things having us. Uh, that's where the problem comes in, amen, amen. But I really enjoyed that. How many times this week have you pulled a cover up around you or maybe pulled in a little closer to the table and said, thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord. i got a good warm place to stay, got food to eat, got all I need. And uh, amen. Weeks like this make you think about stuff like that that sometimes you don't think about. Maybe God lets things happen sometimes to make us think thoughts that we wouldn't think otherwise. Uh, all right, let's open our Bibles tonight. If you would, we're going to do quite a bit of reading tonight, but I'm a fast reader. It won't take me long. We're going to turn to the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth tonight, and we're going to read the whole chapter there beginning in chapter 1, which has... Uh, 22 verses tonight, the book of Ruth, chapter 1. The Bible said, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judea, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of the wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons was Milon and Chilon. Ephraites of Bethlehem, Judea. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and he was, she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Ophrah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled uh, there about ten years. And Milon and Chilon died, also both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. And then she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her. And they went out on the way to return into the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-laws, Go return each to her mother's house, the Lord deal kindly with you, and ye have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again to my daughters, so your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people, and unto her gods return thou after thy sister-in-law. 
And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass that when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call you me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Thank you and be seated. Our Father, we come to you, Lord, this afternoon. Thank you for letting us gather together again unto you today. And may our gathering together unto you be for the better, not for the worst. And Lord, may our minds and hearts and spirits and souls be focused, Lord, upon your word tonight. And uh, Father, may you not only give me a mouth to speak, but Lord, give them ears to hear. And I pray, Lord, that you will minister us tonight from the word of God. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you, Lord. We know we have it here. We know it is the word of God from cover to cover. And uh, Lord, we're so thankful to have a book that God sent us to give us light, Lord, in this dark world which we now live. Now, Father, you know every heart that's here tonight, Lord, you know what we need to hear, what needs to be said. Lord, I pray you'd set a watch over my lips and help me to say what you'd have me to say tonight. And I pray, Lord, that if there's one here tonight cold and indifferent tonight, that they might find their heart being strangely warmed by the Word of God. If there's one lost and undone. I pray they might see their way tonight, Lord, to the cross, and Lord, that they might realize, Lord, without Jesus Christ, there is no hope, and He is the only way. He's the truth and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by Him. Now, Lord, be my helper tonight, I pray, and uh, we'll thank you for all you do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want us to look tonight at this scripture that we've read this evening. And uh, really what we've got here is we got the prodigal, we've got the prodigal of the Old Testament. Uh, many times Naomi's called the prodigal of the Old Testament. Of course, everybody knows what the prodigal of the New Testament is, and that's Luke 15, and it's even called the parable of the prodigal son. And, uh, and we've got one in the Old Testament, we've got one in the New Testament. Now, the stories differ quite a bit from Luke to Ruth. Uh, the situations are different uh, when we look at them. One of them is a younger son that has a father and he decides to move away and go down into the far country. The other one is a husband and wife team that find themselves in a famine that's going on in the land and they move out of the will of God and they go down into Moab. You know the Bible said even if there comes a famine in the Bible said God's able to have his way in the famine. And uh, I, you'd be better off in a famine with God 
than you would to be to move away without God. Amen. I'd rather have a famine of bread and water than a famine of God. Amen. And so the situations are different. The status is different. One of them is a woman, Naomi. Uh, she's a mother. Uh, Naomi is. And the other one is a, is a son. He's a, he's a male. He's a young, young boy, the Bible says. They're a younger son, the Bible says. And they're subtracting when they get down there is different. Uh, they're not the same. The prodigal son goes down there and he loses all of his money. He loses all of his friends, but there is no loss of life. But when we look at Naomi, the prodigal of the Old Testament, we find out uh, uh, that what she lost uh, was she lost a husband and she lost two sons. Now, so we look at them and we see that what they lost is different. Now, uh, they did lose some of the same things. Uh, uh, they both lost... Uh, they both lost uh, the joy of being where God wants you to be. Uh, they both lost that. They, uh, they both uh, find themselves in dire straits, if you will. And they have different things that different, you know. But they have some things in common tonight. And the first thing they have in common is that neither one of them should have ever left. Amen. Amen. Uh, I tell you, there's no right way to ever make it right to leave the presence of God. Amen. Uh, amen. So uh, neither one of them should have ever left. I'll say number two, that neither one of them should have ever stayed as long as what they stayed. Amen. amen. Listen, you may be away from God tonight, but you better get back to Him quick amen. as you can. Uh, the longer you stay, the worse it's going to get. I talked to a man one time that is found himself in the hog pen going away from God. And I said, listen, you just have started away from God. The best thing you can do is turn around and get back to Him as quick as you can. And uh, lo and behold, in a surprising way, he did exactly that. He turned around and he went back. Uh, if Naomi had went back a little sooner, she might have she had a husband and two sons. Uh, if the prodigal son had went back a little sooner, uh, he might have still had a little of his inheritance, amen, uh, if he went back sooner, but they didn't do it. Uh, uh, so we look and... One thing about it they have in common is either one of them, either one you want to take, prodigal son or Naomi, uh, either one of them when they got back they was glad to be there and they never did leave again. Amen. Uh, I'll tell you sometimes God lets people, uh, uh, He lets them go just like the father let that prodigal son go. Uh, sometimes God lets them go uh, uh, because they just can't see any other way how good they got it. Amen. Uh, uh, but when they got back, I've seen people go away from the Lord, make terrible mess of their life. Uh, uh, but when they come back, they stayed with it. Uh, uh, they they didn't ever do that again. So that's a real blessing. Amen. And so we look here at this prodigal of the Old Testament tonight, and I want to preach on this thought tonight, when God brings a backslider back. When God brings a backslider back. Because that's what we have here in this story uh, that we've read tonight. Now, let me say this, that backsliding, backslider, that's not a New Testament word. You find it in Jeremiah and Hosea find it there quite a bit. And uh, you'll find it in the Old Testament, but it's not a New Testament word. You won't find that word in the New Testament. But you will find a lot of people backsliding in the New Testament. Amen. I, 
And uh, so we look at this, and I want to give you three things tonight about what happens when God brings a backslider back. I, I believe tonight there's a lot of backslidden people tonight. Amen. I'm not saying they ain't saved. I, I'm just saying that they have let themselves uh, slide away from God, slide back from God, if you will, slide back from the things they once did. Uh, I believe this COVID thing, uh, uh, it has uh, caused a lot of people unintentionally, they didn't aim to, they didn't want to, they didn't realize it, uh, uh, but it's caused them to backslide on God. Amen. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that God is a friend of the backslider. I'm glad that we read in the book of Hosea everything God promises to that one uh, tonight that's backsliding or backslidden wants to come back to God. But now Naomi's been gone a while. Of course, uh, of course, I know her husband being the head of the house and them practicing that in Bible days uh, uh, like they ought to be practicing in these days. These are still Bible days, amen. The Bible still works. Uh, uh, the Bible's still true. But I know that some men won't take the lead. Uh, uh, their wives just about have to do it because a man won't do it. Uh, uh, but the Bible says uh, uh, that the husband is to be the head of the house uh, and he's to love his wife like Christ loved the church uh, and she's to submit herself unto him as unto the Lord. Uh, and so when Elimelech made the decision, uh, uh, she went along with it, but I have a hard time believing uh, uh, that it wasn't kind of a joint decision. They probably uh, talked about it, and I don't read anywhere where Naomi said, uh, this is the wrong thing to do. Uh, uh, we don't need to go down there. Uh, uh, we better stay here with God. We better stay here in the house of bread. Uh, uh, we better not go down there. And the Bible says uh, that she went down there, and she was there for a pretty good while, but one day, one day, uh, she came back. Uh, you say, why'd she come back? Well, there were some things that transpired in her life. Amen. Did you know God is able to let things transpire in your life, in my life, uh, uh, to get us back as a child of God, uh, uh, to get us where that we need to be? I'm a strong believer in that. Uh, I believe if you've been saved by the grace of God uh, and you get out of the will of God, uh, uh, God may let you. Uh, God may let you linger for a while. He may let you stay away for a while. Uh, uh, but just like in Luke 15, there'll come a day when God will send a famine in your land. Uh, uh, God will send some way to get your attention after a while. Uh, and so what happened with Naomi was, first of all, she lost her husband. Uh, and when they buried her husband, uh, I have ever, ever believed that the Lord was saying, go back, go back. Some people don't listen to what's going on in their life. Uh, uh, you need to pay close attention as a child of God what's going on in your life. Uh, it might not be help. It might not be just chance. It might not just be uh, uh, the way things are going. It might be that God uh, is trying to get your attention and trying to get you to move back and move closer and move up to God. Amen. Uh, uh, well, he died. She stayed down there. Her other son died. Uh, he died, and then the other son died. Uh, and I believe both times, I believe the Lord was a saying, uh, uh, you better get back to Bethlehem. Amen. Uh, uh, you had a lot better at Bethlehem than you're having it down here. And so there come a day that she was like the prodigal son. I love that verse in Luke 15 uh, where the Bible said that he said when he came to himself. Uh, 
Uh, boy, that's a powerful statement. Amen. Uh, I'm glad there's a day uh, uh, when that God can deal with you uh, and you can come to yourself. Uh, uh, you can realize I'm not thinking right. I'm not doing right. I'm not living right. Uh, the same thing that happened to that prodigal son uh, happened to Naomi. Uh, and she said, I'm going to go back. Uh, and her, one of her daughter-in-laws, uh, she said, uh, she tried to get both of them not to go with her. Uh, uh, I guess that's an indication of how backslidden she was. Uh, uh, but one of them didn't come. Uh, uh, but Ruth decided to go with her. Amen. And Ruth made a great statement there. Ruth said, my God, said, your God will be my God. Uh, and where you die, I'll die. And she said, I'm going to stay with you. Amen. Uh, uh, well, the Bible said that Naomi and her started back. Uh, and uh, it said in verse 19, So the two went until they came to Bethlehem. Uh, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. Uh, and they said, Watch it, is this Naomi? In other words, I want you to notice here that when God uh, uh, brings a backslider back, uh, uh, that there is often astonishment. Uh, you say, what do you mean? Well, look at it here. Uh, it said all the city was moved. Amen. Uh, I tell you, we ought to always be glad to see a backslider come back. Amen. I, I, a lot of times uh, churches shy away from them. A lot of times members won't be friendly with them. I, but we ought to be just like that father in the store of the prodigal son. We ought to hug their neck. We ought to thank God they're back. I, I, we ought to rejoice over them. Amen. Because only by the grace of God it's them instead of you and me. Amen. I, uh, well, the Bible said Naomi come in uh, and they were all moved. All the city was moved. I believe they was glad to see her. But when they saw her, they said, Is this uh, Naomi? Uh, now, Naomi was knew, known about by everybody. They'd lived there. They'd grown up there. Everybody knew who Naomi was. Uh, and uh, so when she come back, the Bible said that they were astonished uh, when they saw Naomi. You say, why was they astonished, Brother Rick? Well, I believe the scripture bears it out. Uh, uh, they were astonished at how she left. Uh, you say, what do you mean? Look there in the Bible in verse 21. By her own testimony, she said, I went out full. I thought that's why they left. It was because of the famine and because they didn't have anything. I thought that's why they went down into the far country. But you know what? Some things, things, times things can transpire in your life uh, and you'll realize you had more than you thought you had. Amen. I, I tell you a lot of people sit around and they uh, grumble and complain about what they don't have. Uh, I tell you every now and then instead of writing down a list of what you don't have uh, you ought to start writing down a list of what you do have uh, and I'll tell you you'll find out you got more than you ever thought you did. Amen. I, I, you'll be singing thank you Lord for your blessings on me. I, I, Amen. The Bible said that she said, I went out full. Uh, now she realizes uh, that she had more than what she thought she had uh, when she left. Uh, you know, a lot of people leave the Lord, leave the church, leave the things of God, and they don't realize what they got. Amen. Folks come to church a long time, three times a week people, and the people that come regularly uh, on the Lord's Day, and we take things for granted. Amen. You take this crowd here tonight. You oughtn't take that for granted. 
First place, most churches ain't even got the lights on tonight. Second place, the ones that do don't have a handful of people there. We ought to take this crowd for granted. Amen. We ought to take for granted kind of singing we heard tonight, kind of singing we hear every week around here. Amen. I, I tell you a lot of churches, it's like pulling teeth to try to get somebody to sing. I, and then when you get them up there, you wish you hadn't have. Amen. I, I, but I'm telling you tonight, listen, I'm telling you tonight that God has blessed us around this place. I, and we ought to thank God. I, we ought to realize what we got here tonight. Amen. I, I, we ought to thank the Lord, not, not for Bethel Baptist Church, but we ought to thank God just to be part of his church uh, and this local assembly uh, uh, where that we can gather and feel the presence of God. Amen. Uh, thank God. She left. They were astonished at how she left. She left. Why would you leave with so much? I've asked that question many times. As I watch people go out the door, I say, why would you leave? Why would you leave? God's blessed you and this is a place of blessing. This is where a child of God ought to be. Why would you leave here to go out there? You were saved from out there. You were brought in from out there. Why would you leave here to go out there? I left out there to get in here. Amen. Amen. But we know it all happens. He was astonished at how she left. Look here at verse 1. The Bible said there in verse 1 that it said they left Bethlehem to sojourn in the country of Moab. There ain't nothing good about Moab in the Bible. Uh, if you want to know where Moab starts, you've got to go back to Genesis 19. When Lot committed incest with his two daughters uh, and one of the children that was born was called a Moab. Uh, the thing started bad. The thing continued bad. The thing is bad. Uh, and it's a place where no child of God ever, ever go. Amen. Uh, uh, the place of Moab. You ought to never leave Bethlehem to go to Moab. Amen. Uh, uh, you ought to never do that. But the Bible said that they were astonished uh, at where she'd been living. She'd been living down there in the land of Moab. Uh, the Lord twice in the Psalms. Psalm 60 and verse 8. And Psalm 108 and verse 9, two times God said, Moab's my wash pot. Amen. Uh, uh, did you know God lets you go some places in this whole world? Uh, uh, God lets you go there and God will use that to clean you up. Uh, uh, let me tell you something tonight as a child of God. Uh, if you've ever been really saved and know that you're saved, made your calling and election sure. Uh, I mean, you know that you know that you know uh, uh, you'll never die. You'll never go to hell. Uh, uh, but you know what your hell will be? Your hell will be right here on this earth uh, uh, if you go away from God. Uh, uh, you say, I don't believe in purgatory. I think it's a made-up thing the Catholics teach. Uh, uh, but the closest thing I know of it uh, is a child of God gets out of the will of God uh, and out there in that world and God will let, them, like God will let it come on them, boy. God will let, it, like God will let all hell loose on them uh, and try to get them to turn around and come back to God. Amen. You say, boy, the prodigal son and Naomi, they sure was unlucky. Well, let's don't use that word luck. But I'm going to say this. They were both blessed. You say, why? They made it back alive. All prodigals make it to heaven if they've really been saved, but they don't all make it back alive in this life. Amen. 
They don't all make it back to the Father's house. They don't all make it back to their Bethlehem. Uh, no, sir. The Bible said that Naomi, uh, she went down there and she sojourned down there for a while. And the Bible said they were astonished that she was living down there. I tell you, after 40 years of pastoring uh, and watching people before and after I started pastoring, uh, looking at my own life, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, I, I'm amazed at sometimes how people that once knew God, once walked with God, uh, once sung in the choir, once, once was in the Sunday school classes and the prayer meetings, uh, I'm astonished that I see how some of them live uh, after they leave God. God, amen. Uh, but let me tell you something tonight, dear friend of mine. Uh, if you and I get away from God, you and I get down in our Moab, you and I go away from God, uh, I want to tell you something tonight. Uh, uh, we'll do anything any other sinner will do. Uh, uh, when we quit following the Holy Spirit and we leave the place of God, uh, uh, we could find ourselves drinking and carousing around uh, and in places where that we would have never went tonight. Uh, uh, yes, sir, I believe that they was astonished that this woman that once lived in Bethlehem was now living in Moab. Amen. She come back. She come back. They were astonished at how she lived. They were astonished at how she lived. But they were astonished at how she looked. When she come in, they said, Is this Naomi? Is this the lady that Used to live here in Bethlehem. Couldn't be her. I've watched it over and over again. Brother, you go out and live in sin, sister. It don't take that long. You go out and live in sin and you won't look the same when you come back you did when you left. Sin always defiles. Sin will destroy any beauty that anybody might have. I've seen young ladies that grew up in the church and leave the church and get out into sin. And I mean beautiful, beautiful young ladies. But you see them after a life of sin and they don't even look like the same person. You have to ask them who they are. Amen. You say, why is that? Because sin will change the way that you look. Amen. Salvation will change the way you look. Amen. 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 I tell you something, uh, living right won't hurt you. Amen. I tell you something better than all this cream you put on your face every night. I tell you something better than the ladies' gymnastics up there on the hill. I tell you something better than all that. Live for God. Yeah. I tell you, get you a prayer life and a Bible and put your head in that Bible and stay in it, amen. I'll tell you, that'll do more for you than all the running you can do, all the, all the beauty cream you can put on, all the tanning beds you can tan in. I, I'm telling you tonight, to live for God will do something for you. Amen. I remember a fellow I graduated with, he went one way and I went the other way. I think he's still alive tonight. I was visiting jail one time and he was in there. And I went in and sat down by him. And if I brought him in here tonight and stood him up beside me, he'd look like he is 80 years old. And I know what some of you are thinking, well, you look like you're 80 years old. <laughs> but I'm telling you that sin 
will change you. And you'll run into somebody that's been out there and sin, and you'll have to run into them because they'll run from you. They get away from God, they'll run down every aisle at Walmart, hide behind every counter, amen. But I'm like Columbo, I won't let them go, amen. I just keep following after them until I find them, amen. I'm going to at least get a hello, how you doing out of them. But I want you to know, listen, I want you to know that they were astonished at how Naomi looked when she come back. I'm trying to say tonight, church of God tonight, they may not be one person here tonight backslidden. I hope and pray there is not. But I'm giving you a warning tonight. You better stay in your Bethlehem. You better stay with God. We're living in these last days and the Bible said there's going to come a great falling away. Make sure you're not a part of it. Amen. Make sure you're not a part of it. You stay with God. The Lord... He kind of spoke at my heart this week in a time of prayer. I was sitting there thinking about all that was going on and everything and the, the Holy Ghost seemed to impress upon my heart. And he said, you just stay with God. You just stay with that Bible and you stay with God. Amen. Because it may get rough in between, but I know how it ends out. Uh, amen. And so the people are astonished. When God brings a backslider back. The person that God brings back is afflicted. I don't mean mentally, I mean physically. Because the Bible said her own words in verse 21, Naomi's own words, Naomi said, The Almighty hath afflicted me. Well, Naomi was right in what she said. It was God that afflicted her. It was God that brought these things upon her. You say, why do you say that? Because the psalmist said in Psalm 119, uh, and I think it's verse 67 or 69, uh, the psalmist said, it was good uh, uh, that I was afflicted. Uh, He said, because before I was afflicted, I went away from the Lord. Uh, uh, But after I was afflicted, I returned back to the Lord. Amen. Uh, If God didn't afflict backsliders, they'd never come back. Amen. Uh, If God didn't allow some affliction to come in their life. I don't know. I know the Bible said there's no fear of God in Romans 3. And I know most people don't fear God. But I don't understand Christians that don't fear God. Amen. Some things I don't do, it ain't because I'm such a great Christian. It's just I'm scared to death of God. Amen. Because I know what God could do. And it might not be, it might be in Naomi's case, it might not be to me, it might be to someone else. Amen. Those things may happen, but I don't want them to be my fault. Amen. The Bible said that she said, she said, the Almighty hath afflicted me. She knew, she knew where it came from. She knew where the affliction came from. I believe with all my heart, I believe in the chastened hand of God. The Bible talks about it in the Psalms. The Bible talks about it in Hebrews 12. And the Bible said that if you are without chastisement, if you're without correction, the Bible says in the King James Bible, you're a bastard, not a son. That's what the Bible says. In other words, the Bible said, listen, the Bible said there's not any sons of God, there's not any sons of God that don't get chastised sooner or later. I've had ladies tell me, well, my little 
My little Susie, she's just so good. I never did have to spike her and I never did have to do nothing to her. I don't believe it. Oh, I believe you never did do nothing to her. And I believe you probably thought that way. But I want to tell you something. The Bible said rebellion is bound up in the heart of a child. You got to whoop it out of them. That's what the Bible said. And I know it's hard to do. I tell you, it's nigh impossible to do with these grandkids. I could let my boys have it pretty easy if they need it, but now these grandkids, they're a different story, amen? I mean, I, we started home church today, and Zoe said, Pop, or not Zoe, but Remy, she said, Pop, she said, I lost my bubble gum in your, in your truck. And I need to go out there and see if I can find it. Well, we went out there, and I left off shaking hands, went out there and opened the door, and she looked in there, and she said, it ain't in here. And she said, you're going to have to get me some more. Well, before it's all over with, it wound up costing me $15, amen, for a pack of chewing gum. But I, I'm telling you that God, all of God's children, God has to correct them. Now, I will say this. Uh, I've seen kids here in the church and their mother has pulled their ear and slapped them and kicked them and done everything else and they were so mean, I understand why they did it. Amen? But there is some kids that you can whip them every day and they're still just mischievous and mean. I can't explain it, but I know there's some that way. Amen? And after I started pastoring people and watching people, I found out God had some kids like that. I, I, he just has to whoop them and beat them all the time to get them halfway, stay where they ought to be and stay in the house of God and do what they ought to do. And then God's got some others that all he has to do is talk to. God just raised his voice a little bit and tear up. And everybody may have to take a greater or lesser degree of of a chastisement, but everybody gets some. Now I said all that to say this. The Bible said, Naomi said, The Lord hath afflicted me. In other words, Naomi knew where it came from. Now there may be things that happen to you out here in this world that's not the affliction of God. It's because you're in a sin-cursed world. But I believe this. I believe if God does afflict you, that God will let you know it's Him. Because what good would it do for you to jerk your kid up and whip the tire out of it and them not even know why you're whipping it? And I was thinking this evening, I'm so glad God's not like us. You say, what do you mean? Well, I know if you've got kids, if you didn't do it, I know you thought it. But you've been in the car with kids and you done told them to shut up a dozen times and they're... They're crawling over the seat and trying to drive and everything else. And finally you just lose it. You say, boom! I told you to sit down and shut up. I'm glad God don't ever go, boom! I'm glad God's not like our fathers, earthly fathers. I'm glad God, when He gives it to us, we need it. Amen. Amen. Every now and then we, uh, as a parent, we have to we have to go to our children and we find out things wasn't the way it was told us or whatever. And we have to go to them and say, I'm sorry, I, 
I shouldn't have punished you. God never says he's sorry. Amen. Because God always, God always gets it right. Amen. If God gives it, I need it. So I see here that, that the person that is backslid, when God brings them back, they've been afflicted. The Bible said there was bitterness. She said, call me Naomi. Said, call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. Naomi means pleasant. Naomi means pleasant. Myra, you remember the waters at Myra that was bitter? Myra means bitter. Amen. There's many a person that left God's house pleasant and come back bitter. Amen. The Bible said that she come back with bitterness and the Bible says she come back with brokenness. Look there in verse 21. She said, The Lord hath brought me home empty. The Lord hath brought me home empty. I can think of people in my on the wall of my mind tonight. I can think of people that I told them, don't go, don't leave. You'll lose it all. But they went on anyway. You say, how did they come back? They come back, they come back broken, they come back empty. The Bible said that she said, The Lord hath brought me home empty. Be better for God to bring you back empty than not bring you back at all. Amen. And then, not only that, but the person that God brings back, a lot of times they come back blaming. So you know, you ever know how the sinner and the backslider, it's always somebody else's fault. Well, somebody down to church hurt me or or the preacher said something I didn't like, or the, the deacon didn't like me, or my wife's the reason I got out of church, or my husband's the reason I got out of church, or my children's the reason I got out of church. No, the reason you got out of church is you. Quit blaming everybody. Naomi came back and she said, The Almighty hath afflicted me. Well, preacher, you said he did. Yes, he did. But he only did because she left in the first place. Amen. Amen. If she'd have stayed in Bethlehem, she would have probably still had two sons and probably still had a husband. Amen. Amen. And so she blames. You know, people, that's all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Uh, Eve said he, uh, the serpent and Adam said the woman. And, and you know, everybody blames everybody. And we've been blaming each other for the last 2,000, uh, 6,000 years. We've been blaming each other. Amen. But it's a good day. When we take the blame, we say it's my fault. It's my fault. I could count on one hand and have four fingers left of the people that left this church and didn't complain or backbite or talk bad about the church. Most people blame the church. If they leave the church, they'll wind up blaming the church. No, Naomi, uh, she, she could have blamed Elimelech maybe. She might have blamed her husband, but she could not blame God. She said, the Almighty hath afflicted me. Yes, He did. But a lot of things God lets happen in our life is our fault. I was talking to a man one day, and him and his wife had fell apart, marriage fell apart, and split up and everything. And, uh, and we was talking, and I said, well, it ain't God's fault. 
And he really sarcastically jumped up and looked at me and he said, nothing ever is, is it? I said, no, sir, it didn't. No, sir, it didn't. Abraham said, shall not the God of all the earth do right? Sam Jones, the old Methodist preacher, said, if we were to come to the great white throne judgment and God were to cast my, tell my mother, bind her hand and foot and cast her into the lake of fire, old Sam Jones, the old Methodist preacher, said at that point, he said, all I'd be able to say was amen because God don't do anything but that which is right. Amen. So we see that when God brings a backslider back, that God brings them back and people are astonished at how they look, where they lived, what they did. When God brings them back, we see that that person is afflicted. Nobody, nobody ever comes back to God with more than they left God with. Nobody ever comes back to God looking better when they come back than they did when they left. It's an impossibility according to the Bible. Nobody, some great preacher said, nobody has ever made a success at sin. Nobody's ever made a success at sin. Well, thirdly and lastly tonight, we see the Bible said there in verse 22, and it said, So Naomi returned. Amen. She came back. Ain't that wonderful? She made, she made a bad decision when she left, but she made a good decision when she said, I'm going back. It's always a good decision to go back to God. Amen. You see the very second that Naomi arrives. Look at it. The Bible says, so Naomi returned, and the very second she returns... It said in Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her. I don't think anybody ever goes away from God that they don't drag somebody else with them. Been my experience that nobody ever leaves the church that before it's all said and done, there'll be one or two they'll drag out with them. But, I believe also that when people come back to church, that usually they bring somebody with them. And the Bible said here that she had a tag along. The Spencers used to sing that song. I never did like it. They used to sing that song, I'm going to tag along with Jesus. I'm just going to keep tagging along. If I keep tagging along with Jesus, ain't nothing going to ever go wrong. You better restudy that one, bud. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that, but you keep tagging along with Jesus, there's going to be a whole lot go wrong. <laughs> But thank God you got him with you, amen. But there's somebody tagged along. And evidently she had heard, even though she was backsliding, she had heard, she had heard Naomi talk about her God. And even though she was backslidden, she had heard Naomi talk about Bethlehem. She had heard enough about it that Ruth said, she said, Whether thou goest, I'll go, and where thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God shall be my God. Naomi didn't do like a lot of people do. A lot of people get out of church and go out to the factory or go out to the community or go out to the ballpark and they talk so bad about God and the church that nobody would ever want to go back. 
Hey, if you backslide and go away from God, don't talk bad about God or the church. Amen. You might hinder somebody else from coming. But the Bible said her daughter-in-law, her daughter-in-law, notice uh, everything immediately, when she starts back, everything starts getting better. Things go better with God. She starts back, and and when she starts on that trip, and she comes back, she's got one tagging with her, but the timing was perfect. Did you notice what the Bible said? It said there in verse 22, and said they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. They couldn't have come back at a better time. You say, why? There's fields to glean in. Amen. There's jobs to be had. There's food to eat. And she didn't have any food when she left down there in Moab. Uh, uh, You see, the timing was perfect. Uh, uh, But let me say this tonight. Uh, There is no bad time to come back to God. Uh, Amen. There is no bad time to come back to God. Uh, Anytime you come back to God's a good time. Thank the Lord. Uh, Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. The Bible said that they came to Bethlehem. The timing was great. Can I tell you that when she come back to God, there was treasure still awaiting her. Amen. You say, well, what do you mean, Brother Rick? Well, let me show you something here. It's good, real good. The Bible said in verse 15 of chapter 4, and she said, well, let's go to verse 14, and the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman that his name may be famous in Israel, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life. At Boaz is type of Jesus. And a nurser of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, you got a daughter-in-law that loves you. You ought to thank God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. A lot of good daughter-in-laws. I got two good daughter-in-laws. Amen. I thank God for them. But I've noticed, is it just me? I've noticed a lot of times daughter-in-laws can't stand their mother-in-law. Is it just me or Y'all scared to say amen or you're right preacher? I've seen that too. No, sir, Naomi was blessed. Both her daughter-in-laws loved her, but one of them loved her enough that she just wanted to be with her the rest of her life. And did you notice what he said here? He said, For thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons that have been born to thee. Amen. In other words, uh, she said, your daughter-in-law, I tell you, you may have lost two sons, uh, but God said you got a daughter-in-law there. She's better to you than even if you had seven sons. She'll take care of you better than they will. Amen. Uh, I was just talking to a preacher this week. He's telling me about another preacher that died with COVID. uh, And he was telling me, I said, do they have any kids? Uh, He said, well, said they got got a couple boys, uh, uh, but they won't do much for them. But said they got a daughter-in-law. She's better than any real daughter they could ever have uh, and he said she'll take care of them uh, I thank God you better look around and say thank God for my in-laws that they're not outlaws 
Amen. God still has some treasures for her. God's had all kinds of blessings, but He just wants you to come back so He can start giving them to you. He ain't going to give them to you out there. No, don't think God's going to give them to you out there. Because if God gave them to you out there, you never would come back. You'd just stay out there. No, the prodigal son's dad had food, bed, clothes, shoes, a ring, but he couldn't get any of it till he came back. Till he came back. Naomi, I think we said she lost two boys down there in in Moab, didn't we? Uh, Mylon and Shylon. She lost two boys down there. I'm sure when she starts back, she thinks I'll never have. I'm too old. She said that herself. She said, I'm too old. I'll never have any more sons. But look what the Bible says. For thy daughter, in verse 15, chapter 4, but for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. She's had a baby. And said, watch it. Naomi took the child. Now look, Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became a nurse unto it. Watch verse 17. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to who? Naomi wasn't that kid's mother. But you know what? She had a grandchild that was as close to her as any child she could have. You say, what are you saying? I'm just trying to get you to see that God's got a way of putting things back in your life that you lost out there in a completely different way. But you can't get none of them until you come back here. God gave her a treasure. And they said... They're going to name the child, verse 17, his name shall be Obed. Look there in the back of that Schofield Bible when you get time. And see what that name Obed means. Worshiping God. Worshiping God. God gave her a grandchild. Amen. It's going to worship God with her. Thank God. And not only that, Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom. You say, what happened to that child? I'm glad you asked. The Bible said, and the woman, her neighbor, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and call his name Obed, for he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And then we go all the way over to Matthew 1. Long time. Everybody's dead. Everybody's in the tomb. But the Bible said in chapter 1 of the genealogy of Jesus, the Bible said the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And go all the way down to verse 5. And Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse. That, that grandson that God gave her when she come back is in a kingly lineage. Amen? But it gets better than that. 
He's not just in a kingly lineage. He's in the lineage of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Revelations 19.11 And Revelations 1 and 5 said to Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth. Don't tell me God can't bless a backslider. He can bless you more than you ever thought you could ever be blessed if you come back. God can bring you back. I went over to Jamaica and preached a couple years. And of course, they didn't have no, the pastor's the only one who had a car. There's one parking place at the church, and it was for the pastor. He's the only one who had a car because over there, the pastor was the most important person in the community. And the pastor would have a car. Everybody else walked to church. And over there, uh, over there, uh, I stayed with a an old old bishop over there. He's dead now, Brother Williams. Uh, I stayed there, uh, stayed there in his house, uh, right there on the island of Jamaica. I'd sit on his porch, and I could look out from his porch, and and uh, could see the uh, the ocean out there and everything. And, and I stayed there with him. Uh, two different times I, I stayed there with him. Was a was a blessing to be there, uh, Brother Eddie. Uh, Brother Wade went over there with me one time. Wade Ford, he went over there with me one time, and, and we got in there and, and uh, we stayed with them in their house. And we got there, and uh, they had two bedrooms, and Wade started into one. He said, "No, no, 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 you stay in here." He said, "I thought that's Brother Rick's bedroom." Yeah, you stay in there with him. We both had to sleep in the same bed. After about two night, three nights of that, I woke up one morning. I said, "Brother Wade, are you messing your wife?" He said, "No, why?" I said, "You rolled over and kissed me twice last night." They had. They had bugs that big. We turned the light on. We turned the light on about 3 o'clock in the morning and it looked like the walls were moving. This big old long, looked like roaches. Amen. Well, I told all that to let you know I forgot what I was going to tell you. (laughs) But all I'm going to say tonight If you go away from God, get back to Him. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Thank you, Lord. When I left over there the last time, they walked five miles to bring me a pineapple and another preacher a pineapple the morning before we left. They carried them big old machetes. And one of them said, Brother Rick said, "Uh, you want to eat that now? Because he couldn't take stuff on the plane. I said, sure. He pulled that machete out and he went. <laughs> that thing was ready to eat. And he said, Brother Rick said the youth group said they couldn't come this morning because it's so far, but said they made you this CD and they want you to have it. They sung a song for you. 
And they said they want you to have this, this big jar as an old wine bottle. Said they want you to have this jar of wild honey. And I didn't know you weren't supposed to take stuff like that on the plane. I brought it back and didn't get caught. But anyway, I, they put that CD in there and they said, Listen, Brother Rick, you sit down and listen. And I sat down and they said, We wrote this song for you. It's up there in my office on an old tape up there now. Said, When you run from the preacher man, six men bringing you back to the preacher, six men bringing you back. When you run from Brother Prophet, six men bringing you back to the preacher, six men bringing you back. Well, you don't have to worry about running from Brother Prophet. But the truth is, if you run from God, six men could very well carry you back. You're coming back. Either you're walking back, either you're walking back, or somebody's going to carry you back. If you're saved, you belong to Him. And He ain't going to let you go to hell. He might let you go to what you think's hell here upon this earth. But if you belong to Him, He's going to bring you back. He'd rather you walk back. He'd rather you come on your own. And He's mighty patient. But if you won't do it, He'll bring you back. Father, I thank You tonight for the service.